Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today we welcome Chris Zazo. Chris is the founder of Hailstone Vineyards in Dallas, Texas. Today's episode, Chris takes us through his unorthodox journey into the wine industry, Hailstone's award-winning wine selection, and the unique bottles that help Hailstone differentiate themselves from their competition. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. With that said, let's welcome Chris to the show. to welcome Chris Zazo, CEO of Hailstone Vineyards, to the podcast. Chris, let's start by having you introduce yourself and tell us about your background with Hailstone Vineyards and the wine industry. Well, thank you for having me, Bianca. I really appreciate uh, being here and uh, uh, being able to spend some time with you and explain a little bit about Hailstone Vineyards. Uh, once again, my name is Chris Zazo. I'm the CEO and founder of Hailstone Vineyards out of Napa, California. Um, my background is, is not necessarily wine. I, I have, I'm not born in the vineyards or had my feet in the soil anytime uh, when I was a kid in Napa Valley, but I did have my feet in the soil in Akron, Ohio, where I'm originally from. Uh, I was born and raised on a, on a farm in Akron, Ohio, so that's kind of where I start my quest for food and wine and things that my grandparents grew and made wine and just kind of had a... Uh, had a knack for that cooking, uh, kind of my zen spot for me. And then after many, many years of, uh, of just growing up around that and then discovering uh, what I really liked and where my palate headed uh, and food and wine in my 20s and then into my 30s, uh, really I called my shot in my 40s to start producing wine in Napa Valley, which um, people would have thought I told them that the world was flat when I made that profound statement. Uh, with my friends uh, after uh, one too many visits to wineries out there and and uh, just had a really nice night. But I did call call the shot and uh, made good on it. And here we, we're still doing it almost eight years later. That's great. I'm glad it's still going well. Uh, we love your stuff. We're so excited to have you on. Uh, what was the aha moment that really sparked you to say, I'm going to start my own winery. Let's do this. Well, it, it, it was funny because I, I didn't, I, I had aspirations to do something that would be fun like that. Uh, and just being in wine uh, and food, I had a small catering company along the way. I mean, I found my way from Akron, Ohio to Dallas, Texas in the, uh, in the construction business. And then I, I, I migrated to uh, a really niche uh, construction, which was uh, hailstorm restoration work in Dallas, Texas. So uh, I had nothing when I, when I went into this thing, it was really kind of blind, but I did find a conduit out there, a friend of mine that was in the, his family had been in the wine business for many, many years, family uh, winery, then he had a label that spun off from that, from that uh, family business. And so he was a guy that I really connected with and was gonna show me the way uh, to do it in Napa because I, 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 I just, that's where my, my, uh, my palate goes every time and that's what I wanted to make. And so once we partnered, we had that uh, uh, bond. So that's what we, once we got together, it was just you know peas and carrots, and and ran after it, and and said we're going to do it. But one of the interesting things was I had no name, 
And so uh, the night that I kind of put the flag in the ground and said that this is going to happen, uh, my friends laughed, but they said, well, what's the name going to be? And I, I had nothing. And it just came out and they said, Hailstone. And they go, that's even funnier because you're a hailstorm restoration guy in Dallas, Texas. And, uh, and you're going to name your wine Hail, Hailstone. Uh, it's not going to happen. I said, and then it stuck with me. And then from there on, we just, we just pursued. And uh, here we are uh, through many migrations of label forming and, and names for the wines. Uh, you know, we've, we've arrived at the floor that we currently produce and they have some fun uh, that goes along with them. Absolutely. And we love hearing everyone's stories because they're all so different. And obviously you have a very diverse background that's set you up for success so far with the, with the wine business. What would you say has contributed with, you know, having such a unique background, what have you kind of carried over that's played into uh, your success so far? Well, I, I was born an entrepreneur, whether it was when we had the farm, I was always setting up fruit and vegetable stands and trying to make a buck here and there from and my grandmother would always plant way too many things in the garden. We had an abundance and you know how you try and give your family and friends like, uh, grocery bags full of stuff and it's still not enough so I could sell pumpkins and, and uh, gourds and stuff on in Halloween it just was never ending other than the winter where I would shovel snow for a few bucks here and there uh, go shovel driveways hustle up stuff like that but I always had uh, a business on the side whether it was through school uh, college high school always working for myself or commandeering my friends to help me uh, do things so it was just uh, you know life on a farm you always had to ha have uh, have a way out and but uh, you know and have that extra money to do things and I wanted to be that guy and I was always very sharing and caring with, with, with what I could make and bring them in and share the profits or do whatever it may be so uh, that kind of carried over to the success of my business in Dallas with uh, how we've taken care of our employees there uh, been doing this now for almost 20 years uh, and, and I had uh, Aspen Mark Roofing and Solar, which is my company in Dallas that specializes in, uh, in the hailstorm restoration. Uh, you know, same employees have been there for many, many years. So it shows that the character of, of, of our culture that we build, whether it's in wine or in construction. And there's so many wineries, obviously, in Napa Valley out there. What makes Hailstone stand out compared to the rest of the wine in the spectrum that comes out of the U.S.? Well, you know, again, we sought out to be a boutique winery. Uh, the original marketing plan, marketing plan was kind of interesting because I thought that I could be the guy in the roofing, in the Hailstorm restoration space that could make wine. Uh, but notes to me, like anything, I go in kind of wide-eyed and never do the research behind the marketing or, or what the market share could be or the falls in it. I, I, I always, if it costs me money, I learn. That, that I've learned over, over time. But yet it's been, uh, uh, you know, great, exceptional quality. Surround yourself with the people that know. Don't try and learn everything. I, I know how to sell and, and market, but I've, we have had been blessed with two awesome winemakers that are, are, are some of the best in Napa Valley, Chad Alexander and Tim, Tim Milos. Uh, and so, you know, I've always been uh, kind of that Rosetta Stone where I don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. I just need to have access to the smartest people in the room and then put them all together. And that's how you form a brand or a business uh, and, and make it successful. 
Yeah, and it's it's bright and sunny here in uh, Boston today and Nixon, Maine. Um, but I love that your aim is to encourage consumers to enjoy wine in all types of weather, whether with family, friends, and with great conversation. And nothing brings us together regardless of conditions like a great glass of wine, right? So that being said, what's the significance of your line, Do Your Weather Dance? So I love that you brought that up because remember, you know, when you don't have really anything to talk about, you talk about the weather. Dave Matthews from Boston, the Charlottesville, but in that East Coast uh, uh, realm there uh, said it best, you know, in one of the songs, uh, talk about the weather. And so if you don't have anything better to do, we do kind of talk, bring up that subject. But for us, um, our weather dance that we do in Dallas-Fort Worth is a hail dance. And so we, we love hail and hail storms. Uh, we don't like anybody to get hurt, but property damage happens every year and mother nature is gonna bring what she brings. And so we uh, in the industry call the hail dance. Uh, and so we love to do the hail dance when we don't have any work and we need a fresh hail storm in order to get, get some work generated. So I always I kind of thought about it when we look at the icons on the back of the bottle. Uh, so I thought about when you're at the beach, you always do your, you do your sun dance because you want it to be sunny and never rain. And when you're in the mountains and you're going skiing or you want to be up there in the winter, you do your, you do your snow dance because you want, you want fresh powder for skiing or sledding or whatever you may be doing. And then, you know, uh, if you're in a drought area and you, you'll do a rain dance. And so for us, we have the hail, the hail icon. So we do, we do our, our hail dance. So whatever it may be, do your weather dance, but and do it while enjoying hailstone wines. Awesome. Now let's get into the wine a little bit. So Bianca knows the first thing that stood out to me was the bottle. You guys really nailed it on the branding and the bottles. We saw them online, saw the picture before they came in person and they really just stand out compared to other ones that I've seen in the past. So tell us a little bit about how you came up with that design, that 3D printed metal logo. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, it's evolved over time. Um, we started with um, a, a, a screen to print. If you can see the giant bottle, that's, a, that's, our, that's an etched bottle. Our etching is, has been award winning because it really stands out in the etching. Uh, some of the etching companies that have done the work for us in the past, they've used that as their, as their showcase piece when they've done trade shows and things like that. It's just one, very unique and, and we couldn't believe how well it turned out once the etching started, but originally we did screen printing the bottle, uh, which was just like that etching, but it didn't have any 3D to it. It was just kind of eh, but it was, it was, we were getting our point across like the glass shattering and things, you know, that's what we want with hail. With hail. Uh, we had people ask us about the spider web. We couldn't figure out what the spider web was. And it's just all, it's like an ink blot, whatever it means to you. And no one was putting the, the two together. So we finally classed it up a bit when we went to this pewter label and we started in 2013 with our, our proprietor's reserve wine and we made that our, uh, our kind of our flagship uh, label and we thought it was cool because it didn't, it was mysterious, it didn't have anything on the front of the bottle. So what we found was people would put it in their hands and it would become a tactile experience from the back backside. So they rub their hands on it and want to feel it and touch it, but they had to do pick the bottle up to find out what was on the back label to know what's in the bottle. So it was a home run. We blew through the wine extremely fast and we got major kudos on the, on the marketing and the branding. And so over time we had to, we migrated through it and now we're all finally on current vintages and into the pewter label that's made in France. Yeah, could you yeah. muted? Very cool, I have it in front of me and uh, yes, I was muted, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also wanted to congratulate you for being nominated, speaking of awards, for uh, Best Wine Club through 
Vintners Collective, and that's a huge accomplishment, obviously. So can you tell us a bit about the Wine Club? It, it must be pretty great for you to have been nominated for that, that award. Yeah, we're, we're real, real excited and, and very thankful for our, our tasting room partner in Napa Valley, Vintners Collective. They're located in downtown Napa. That's how we go to uh, to market in Napa. So when you come out to Napa, you can't really visit us in the in the winery, but or in the in the vineyards. But you can come see us at a collective tasting room, which is 20 uh, boutique wineries just like ourselves. Uh, so you can visit them all at the, underneath one one historic building in downtown Napa. Super cool, great people, uh, and so uh, we do a lot of business with them. Uh, throughout the year and uh, they've been very great to us as far as uh, our wine club and, and, and their wine club as well. So it's, it's a great honor. So to get into one of the things we always like to talk about and you being proficient in kitchen and cooking and everything, uh, we like to talk about food pairings because what goes better with wine than food, right? Uh, so one of the bottles that we have here is, <laughs> there you go. So one of the bottles we have here is the 2019, the 32 degree Sauvignon Blanc there. What would you recommend as some of your favorite food pairings to go with that? I think that this wine pairs extremely well with, uh, with light uh, seafood. Uh, so I, I think, uh, and either wine can really be interchangeable just depending on citrus level of what your palate may, 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 may like. Um, they both pair well. I, I love the Sauvignon Blanc with oysters, with raw, raw oysters. I think it just, just nails it with a little bit of uh, uh, beignet sauce on there. I mean, it just it, it's just very clean. Um, so that that I, I, or a, a light white fish, or even a even a uh, a sautéed calamari uh, versus a fried calamari is it, is an octopus also something that pairs extremely well with, with the Sauvignon Blanc. And being here in the Northeast, we have plenty of that. I know recently I just went fishing with my friends, and I have some fresh haddock that I'm turn it into some haddock piccata this week so definitely yeah. going to pair it up with that yeah no it, it does well with pretty much all all light seafood i think uh i think when you get into a little the, the chardonnay I, I think a scallop goes well with that but i mean it's just listen it all goes well with whatever you like right yep, exactly <laughs> Definitely. And I have the Proprietor's Reserve Cab open here. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon, I should say the whole name. And it's a beautiful wine. I've tasted it. Um, it I've let it breathe for a little bit, so it has all of its aromas. Can you tell us a bit about this compared to your other Cabernet that you have? So the, re, the Proprietor's Reserve, so we're, we're big fans of, of Mount Beer. Uh, most of our cabs uh, are all Mount Beer based, at least the Cabernet is. The blending grapes, uh, whether it may be Malbec or Petit Verdot or Merlot, come from Coombsville and Yountville. We have some sources over there that are, are, are really, uh, really nice, nice vineyards. And let me speak to that for a second uh, before I jump into the, the reserve. Um, you know, all of our wines, we, we do leases in certain vineyards based on elevation, soil type, and, and sun exposure. And that's all driven by our winemakers based upon how, what, what we're looking for. So I'll set them out on the journey for what, what the style of the wine that we're looking for, and then they'll, 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 they'll figure it out. So I, again, going back to, I'm not the smartest guy, they're the smart, smart guys. I just, I'm just dumb enough to get in the business and write the checks. So it's like, but, but they, do, they do an outstanding job by, by doing that. And it also gives us flexibility um, if we ever want, were to change a program. So for example, we originally started out on our Chardonnay program in 
Russian River in Sonoma County, and we had, we had an opportunity to move to uh, Oakville in um, in Napa, which is right down the street from us. We, we live in Yountville, and so uh, and it's it's from a, a very mar a marquee uh, grower, and so that was a opportunity for us to shift that program, and it didn't we didn't have any ownership in anything and we were able to move on the fly. So that, and that accelerated, our, I mean, I shouldn't say accelerated, it elevated our Chardonnay program, I think immensely. So we're really, we're currently happy with what we're doing and, and where, where it's going. But the 2016 proprietor's reserve is 100% um, Cabernet Sauvignon. So uh, our, our proprietor's reserve is always 100% Cab. And then the impact, which is our, our next line down from the flagship, um, is a blend. But it's always going to be a cab, but it's just a matter of what the components are that are blending and the percentages. Nice. And the, so the Chardonnay, I haven't opened yet. Nick and I are going to have that one together. That has some nice aromas. I'm looking at your um, listing here with pineapple and honeysuckle and some other light fruits. So you said you would pair something like a scallop with that. How would you describe for our listeners, because we have listeners all across the spectrum from beer to spirits to wine, everybody kind of likes something different. How would you describe from your perspective the difference between drinking something like a light Sauv Blanc compared to, you know, your Chardonnay that's a little bit on the softer, rounder side? Let me, uh, let me refresh my palate here so I can <laughs> get connected with you. <laughs> our, uh, so the, it's interesting, the Sauvignon Blanc was, we started out being a cab, we produced a cab, which was Impact Cab, the very first cab that we produced. Then we, then we moved into the reserve, we thought that would be, no, I'm sorry. We, we started the Chardonnay program because we figured we needed a white and a red to do dinners. And then we moved into the reserve, which was 100% cab. And then from there, we were on these three wines for a while and everyone got into the rosé game. And so, and as much as I love rosé all day, I didn't want to do the same that everybody else was doing. So my palate had moved away from some of the, some of the more oaked up Chardonnays and, and I wanted to go to, you know, almost steel flavored Chardonnays or concrete, or just get away from that, that buttery over the top. Kendall Jackson, you know, put Chardonnay on the map and, and just wanted to, I just wanted to pull away from that. And everybody was doing so much of it. So. We said, well, what about Sauvignon Blanc? We love a lighter style Sauvignon Blanc, uh, but we didn't like the New Zealand style where it was very grapefruitish and, and just very citrusy. So we said, what about doing a Napa style Sauvignon Blanc, almost like a Chardonnay light or the same oak treatment as a Chardonnay, but using a lighter grape. And that's what we arrived on, on that Sauvignon Blanc, uh, which is the 32 degrees. And then we backed down the oak treatment on the Chardonnay, on the Restoration Chardonnay. So these two wines are very similar in profile, but they're one's just heavier than the other. Yeah, I think that's a great description for everybody. Um, definitely. And do you have any wines that you have coming out soon in the next couple of years that you know for sure that you want to add, obviously, new vintages? But is there anything new that you kind of have in mind? Well, not that we have anything in mind, but we do have new releases coming up. Uh, we just finished bottling, you know, with the with the pandemic, it's been, what a challenge. And so a challenge for obviously the on-premise with the restaurant stuff has suffered, but the online business has picked up for us, for those, you know, being at home. 
and, and a lot of new, new cooks have, are doing different things. And I mean, the cooking industry is exploding with this because we, everybody's at home. So wine, to, wine pairings and virtual tastings like what we're doing have become the norm. And, uh, and so even, even trying to bottle because uh, we have to keep the show goes on. Uh, so doing that and doing that kind of remotely and limiting the amount of people that can be present to do it. Uh, we finally got our, um, our 2019 Restoration Chardonnay uh, bottled on August 4th. So that will be releasing here in September. Uh, and so it's a little late for a white wine, but it's, I'd rather get it released now because we, we don't have, we only have a few cases left of our, our last vintage. And, and so, uh, you know, we want to get it out there for the Chardonnay lovers that are year round. I know I love a good glass of Chardonnay year-round. Now, I know we touched on the etching of that big bottle there behind you. What wine do you have in that one? Uh, we do etching in, in, um, uh, in larger formats. Uh, we don't do any of our 750s in etching, but we do it in our, our, our larger, our threes and our six liter, three and six liters. Uh, we only do produce one of these a year, uh, and that's for my own personal consumption. Someday <laughs> we'll crack them open. I don't know when that'll be or what celebration it'll be, but we're still sitting on all of them. So uh, maybe we'll donate it to charity because uh, it's a it's a lot of wine. It's a case of wine in one one, one of those bottles. But um, uh, the the it's only for the reds. Uh, so it's the this the proprietor's reserve in the impact cab. All right, and. Uh... You look like you're in a beautiful wine store there. I see some glasses hanging up over there on the wall. Do you want to tell us a little bit about where you're at? Yeah, so uh, so I reside in uh, Naples, uh, Florida, which is where we are today, Dallas, Texas, with the construction company, and then out in Yountville, California, with the wine. Uh, and so I kind of do this East Coast, West Coast thing with the stop in the middle, because I have to make money somewhere to, to afford the uh, lifestyle of, of being in food and wine. But um, yeah, we're, we're coming from you this evening uh, from a, a wonderful French restaurant here in Naples, Florida called Blue Provence. It's one of the top uh, wine cellars. I wish I could walk around with you guys and show you that this wine cellar just over on the other side of, of me is second to none. It's the deepest one here in the area. Uh, they're very they're well, uh, spine, uh, wine spectator has recognized them year in and year out for having one of the top wine cellars in the country fine, fabulous French food, uh, and they just do it right, and uh, it, it's a great spot. So if you're a wine a wine person and, and, and love, uh, it, I mean, the French wines that they have here are amazing, but they also have uh, just a incredible uh, selection of, of every other uh, region around the, around the world. Uh, but yeah, they do it right. So come, come down uh, to Naples, Florida and see Blue Provence and ask for Hailstone here. Uh, they do a great job with our wines, as well as many of the other restaurants up and down 3rd and 5th here in, in sunny Naples, Florida. And I know a lot of our listeners are in Massachusetts and New Hampshire and Maine and New York, all over the Northeast, because that's where we started out here. Uh, where can our listeners get their hands on some Hailstone wine? Hailstonevineyards.com. Uh, so that's where, uh, where, where our uh, website can tell you all about the wines and you can order online. Uh, we just we do only through wine club or online sales and then on premise with some of the finer uh, restaurants uh, throughout the country. We're, uh, it's funny you should mention Boston. Uh, you're not kidding. Naples is Boston South. Uh, there is just uh, there's there's uh, 
so many Bostonians down here. It's amazing, especially in season, and, and now it's becoming year-round. So this has become Boston's home, I think, of, of the South. Uh, and they're, they're fighting with the Midwesterners now, I think, uh, <laughs> to, to take over take over first place. But, uh, yeah, you can find our wines in most of the fine restaurants down here. Uh, I'm sure your listeners are very familiar uh, with Naples, Naples, Florida, or the surrounding area. Yeah, I visit Florida every year. Typically, we go to Naples, and um, and I went to Napa for the first time last year, and we also recently went to St. Thomas, and it's funny because everywhere we've gone, we find people from Boston. Like, it doesn't matter where we go. (laughs) There are business owners from Boston. I'm like, what? I don't know how they all end up there, but it's so interesting, and it's fun, and no matter what. Once you once you get out of outside the, the bubble, it's funny for for me. I, I drive I drive my friends and family crazy about. I can always find I say a conversation I can find within two conversations someone from Akron, Ohio, and it's and it, and, and I can I prove up all the time, and it's just it just becomes a game. But I it, it's true. You're all the degree of separation from where you're from. It's uh it's it's not far. <laughs> Well, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like our listeners to know or just that you have in mind to share? No, I mean, just, uh, you know, again, we're, we're very small production. We're about 500 cases a year, uh, which is very, very tiny. So the wine does uh, go through, uh, go through uh, our, our, uh, di- our distributor partners and our wine club uh, very quick. So if, you, if you'd like to grab some, uh, feel free to uh, hailstonevineyards.com. Uh, we're going to be allocating here probably next year is what it's where it's headed so if you're in the know at the beginning you'll be the first uh, first on the list to get it when uh, when others can't so uh, but that's 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 kind of what we do we keep it small and keep it keep it high-end and fun and and you know our, our rules are there are no rules enjoy it however you want and do your weather dance with hailstone wines Great, and I'm very excited. I'll be making a recipe tonight with your um, Cabernet, the Reserve Cabernet. So I'm very excited. You'll all see it on social media. I'll be tagging Hailstone, so make sure if you're listening to follow them. Uh, Can you tell us where everyone can find you on social? Well, that's a good question because we have we have people that do that for us. So remember, I told you about the Rosetta Stone. That's right. <laughs> you might be better off sharing that with your listeners because <laughs> I'm just going to point you to the website and all of the all of the uh, the icons to follow us on Twitter and and uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think they're all there, so you can click through to our website or you can provide them and share them for us. <laughs> They made it easy for you. I just pulled you up here on Instagram. It's at Hailstone Vineyard. So it's easy to find you on Instagram. Okay. Very straightforward. Yep. <laughs> so go to the website, get yourself some wine. And uh, Chris, we loved having you on tonight. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Bianca. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers. You bet. Cheers. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.